Amen. Glad you're here. Uh, this will be our last men's lunch of, of the year of 2018. We will miss the next two Thursdays. We'll miss next Thursday for Christmas and the next Thursday right after New Year's. We will miss both of those Thursdays and then we'll start back on the 10th. And so be sure to remember that. We're going to start back on the 10th. Uh, plan to be here. Plan to grab somebody and, and have them here with you and we'll, we'll relaunch on the 10th. Thankful for your attendance today. Thankful for your faithfulness throughout the year. We were just talking about how long this has been going on all these years and, and some have been here for the whole, the whole six and a half, seven years. Some have been here a couple of years. Uh, thankful for your attendance here and your participation in our men's lunch. This year, I've been asking the question, it's kind of something that's been popped up in my, in my head, in my mind. I've been asking the question, what is, what is the, the, really the, the truth about Christmas? What is, what is actually Christmas? Uh, what is really Christmas? Last week in our men's lunch, we, we jumped into that question. We looked at a verse, uh, two verses there in Luke trying to answer that question. But the, the thing to think about today, here you sit, what really is Christmas? Um, I, I, I tell you, it is a beautiful thing. It is a profound thing. It is a huge thing, but, but we have to really work our way through it. What truly is Christmas? Because I'm going to tell you, I think the truth is, I, I believe what we have made it and what we are celebrating, how we're celebrating today is not even close to the truth of Christmas. And I think about, man, this whole month and some of it, five, six weeks, all the things we're doing, I think a whole bunch of what we're doing isn't even close to the truth of Christmas. So what is Christmas? Uh, is it a time uh, of gift giving? And I, man, I, I think this thing consumes almost all of us. Well, I've got to get this and I've got to get that. People say, have you got your Christmas done? And they're talking about the gifts that they're going to get. Uh, is it about giving? And sometimes, we, well, we have, to, we have to train our kids that giving is, is better than receiving. And so we're shopping and we're driving to Wichita Falls and we're, we're online, we're ordering stuff. We're spending crazy amounts of money. Some of us are spending money we don't even have. We're wrapping stuff up. We're stressing over it. Uh, is that really what Christmas is? Uh, think about that for a second. How much of our time will be spent on that? Uh, is that really what Christmas is about? Or think about this, is it a time to party, uh, to get together as the year ends and to kick up your heels? You know what, man, we've come to this year and we're wrapping it up and we've got end of school parties and we got this party and that party. Uh, is it a time to just, just wear your ugly sweater and show up and have a party? Or is it about the birth of Jesus? And I want to slow down here for just a second. The star, the wise men, the shepherds, the inn that's full. Is that what Christmas is about? And if that's what Christmas is about, what's all that about? And I want to tell you, I think if we're not careful, we've become numb to those things. We've become numb to those events. And we say, oh, it's, a, it's the reason for the season. And we're, we're talking about the birth of Christ. And we've got the, the things on our, post, on our Christmas cards. And, and it's all about these things. Well, what, are, what do those things even mean? What really is Christmas? Well, when I think about Christmas, all sorts of words pop into my head. And, and some of them we know, and some of them are religious, and some of them are secular, uh, some of them are from verses, but when I think about Christmas, all, all sorts of words pop into my head. All sorts of words come to mind, but I believe one word sums it up. And listen, I, I, I prayed about this this morning. Uh, I want to be careful not to sell it short. 
And so if Christmas is something greater than what I'm going to say, I don't want to sell it short. But I want to tell you, to me, one word comes to mind. And that is the word Savior. Savior. Christmas, I believe, if you boil it down, if you strip it all down, if you go back to, to the truth of what it is, I believe it is about the word Savior. And let me just be a little bit more clear here. Not just a Savior, but about the Savior, Jesus Christ. Christmas is about our Savior, Jesus Christ. Matthew chapter 1, verse 21 says this, And she will bear a son, and you shall call his name Jesus. Listen to that name. And you shall call his name Jesus, for he will save his people from their sins. Luke chapter 2, verse 11. We looked at those verses last week. Luke chapter 2, verse 11 says this, For today in the city of David, in Bethlehem, there has been born for you a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And so I I believe that the the key word of this whole season is this. It is Savior. Born in Bethlehem, yes, but it's about the Savior. Born for you. Born for you this day, yes. Born for you, but it's about a Savior. Who is Christ the Lord, the verse says. The Messiah, the one sent from God. But it is all about a Savior. I think you can sum up Christmas with this one word, this one truth. In Jesus Christ, we have our Savior. Now listen, I I sit there and say that today, and we say, you know what, I get it, I get it, but I wonder if we really do. I can sit up here and say, no, we have a Savior in Jesus Christ. That's the reason we celebrate. We have a Savior. I wonder if we really get that. We say, you know what, I hear it. I hear what you're saying. I hear that, but I wonder if we really hear it. What does it mean, listen to me, for you And for me, these events from so long ago that we have a Savior. What does it mean that we have a Savior? Well, let me just tell you, I am so glad this morning to be able to tell you what that means. This is the last day of of, of our men's lunch for 2018. I'm so glad to be able to tell you what it means to have a Savior. The purpose of this men's lunch is that we would understand we have a Savior and we would tell others about a Savior. I'm so glad right now to just tell you very quickly what it means to have a Savior. Listen very carefully, I want to tell you. It means this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. Let me, let me walk you through that verse. We've heard that a million times. It's written in the end zones of our sporting events. Let me walk you through that verse. That I want you to understand this verse. It says this, for God so loved the world. It's not talking about the, the sphere that we're on. It's talking about people. Listen, it's talking about people. For God so loved people. I want you to hear me today. God loves us. I don't understand why people talk about miracles. That's the greatest miracle. He loves you. He loves me. As mess-ups, he loves us. As failures, he loves us. As, As rebels, as sinners, he loves us. Now, I want you to not be fooled. Be sure to understand this. None of us are any good. Some of us have been acting like, well, I'm a little bit better than you and I know what you do. Listen, the Bible says none of us are any good. Our best deeds are but filthy rags compared to the righteousness of our holy God. But listen, crazily, amazingly, God loves us. 
That, that, that right there just, just blows my mind. The greatest miracle is that God loves you. God loves me. God loves us. For God so loved the world. That's what he's talking about. He loves us as sinners. So God so loved us. The verse says this, that he gave, that he gave. That's talking about grace. Grace is this, this crazy religious word. We talk about it all the time. Listen, grace simply means this. Somebody gives you something you didn't earn. Somebody gives you something you didn't deserve. In fact, I didn't deserve it, didn't, couldn't earn it. But grace is giving what somebody can't earn. Friend, I want you to understand this. And Sometimes we misinterpret it. Christ was not taken. We read the account. He's there in the garden and the guards come and they jerk him up. And we start thinking, oh, they took him. They, they took him to the cross. Listen, Christ was not taken. Jesus Christ was given. For God so loves the world, he loves you, that he gave his only begotten son. And let me tell you about that for just a second. As sinners, we have a punishment for sin. As sinners, we have earned a punishment for sin. Listen, there is always a payment for sin. I want to tell you, there is always a payment for sin. The Bible tells us we have earned that punishment, we've earned that payment, and that payment is death. You have earned death. I have earned death. It's not talking about a physical death. We're going to suffer that. It is talking about a spiritual death. If you die without a faith in Christ, you'll be separated from God for all eternity. You have earned your punishment. I have earned my punishment. The punishment is death. We, we live in an age, and I say this all the time, where everybody wants to blame somebody else. Well, you don't know what kind of childhood I had. You don't know what my parents were like. Well, you don't know the home I grew up in. Listen, I earned my punishment, death. You did too. We have earned a punishment. The punishment is death. But God, listen to this, gives his only son to take that punishment. God gives his only begotten son to take what is justly due of you and of I. He, he gives his only begotten son to die our death. Now, this is a huge thing. He gives his only son to die our death. You see, the problem is this. We like to stop the picture at Bethlehem. We like to stop the picture at Bethlehem. Our, our Christmas cards will all have a, a picture of the nativity scene. We like to stop the picture at Bethlehem. We like to start, stop the picture with some wise men and their fancy stuff and the gifts that they're bringing. We like to end the picture with a star that's shining in the sky. But I want you to be very sure today, it doesn't stop at Bethlehem. It goes on to Calvary. It doesn't stop with angels that are singing his praises. It goes to a crowd that gathers up and says, crucify him, crucify him. It doesn't end there at Bethlehem. It goes to a, to a, a guard that'll take a whip and he'll snap it across that once baby's back. It goes to a hammer that's gonna ring out and drive nails through our Savior's bones as he's nailed to the cross. And that's what that means. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. That's a tremendous thing. That's a uh, not imagine, unimaginable thing. There is a payment for sin. There is a payment for sin. God sends his only begotten son. He went and paid the payment. Says this, that whoever, that whoever, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever, this is where it becomes personal. The Greek word for whoever here is the Greek word pas. It actually translates all 
It literally, listen, translates whoever. I, I want you to read my lips today. I want you to hear my words today. Whoever means whoever. And so if you're sitting here today and say, well, I'm too sorry. Well, I, I'm too far gone. I'm too far off track. Well, you don't know what my reputation is. Well, you don't know what my life has become. You don't know the things that I'm involved in. If you knew, you'd probably run and hide. I'm not the right one from this. I'm not from the right family for this. I don't have the right reputation for this. Listen to me. Read my lips. It says that whoever, and it means absolutely whoever. Best news for me is this. It means whoever. Best news for you as you sit here today is it means whoever. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him. Here's the kicker. We're saved by faith in Christ. Listen, you're not saved by doing some work, which means this. You don't have to do something enough to get saved. You don't have to keep doing something. What if I fail? What if I mess up? What if I can't keep that standard? Listen, you don't have to do anything to get saved. You don't have to do anything to stay saved. It's not of any work that you could do. It's not of any duty that's owed of you. It's not by doing things or by stopping things. You're saved by faith in Jesus Christ. That is the good news of the gospel. You're saved by faith in Jesus Christ alone. What that means is this, you know what? I believe in him. I believe he came and I believe he took my punishment. I believe I'm so sorry I couldn't have ever earned it. But I believe he went to the cross and he died for me and he paid my penalty, took my punishment, and he was put in a grave. He came out of that grave and he stands as the risen Savior. I believe that. That's what that means. I believe that. Listen to the rest of the verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever means whoever believes in him, that's all it is, believes in him, shall not perish. I want, I want to talk about this for just a second. Perish, when you look it up in the original language, means this, destroyed. Shall not perish, shall not be destroyed. It, it literally means ruined, ruined. That's, that's what the word perish means. Now, I want you to listen very carefully. Nobody wants to say this very much. Nobody wants to preach this very much because it doesn't, it doesn't add up on our Christmas cards. It doesn't make people feel good about themselves. It doesn't sound good on Christian radio. But I, I want to tell you this. We are saved from the wrath and the righteous judgment of a holy God. You ever hear that much anymore? You know what you're saved from? Well, what are we saved from? You're saved from the wrath and the anger and the punishment of a holy God towards sin. Here's the truth. God hates sin. We, we like to get comfortable in it. We like to excuse it away. God judges sin. In fact, this is the truth. God has promised a sure day, a coming judgment for all people against their sin. Bible says this, those who don't believe, those whose name has not been written in the Lamb's book of life, they will be cast, and these are the words of God, into a lake of fire and brimstone. They will be cast to a place of suffering, a place where there's weeping and wailing and there's the gnashing of teeth, a place that was created for Satan and for the eternal punishment of those who reject Jesus Christ. I want you to hear this. Listen, that's what we're saved from. You weren't saved from bad jobs and bad cars and bad finances. You were saved from the wrath of God due to you because of your sin. That's why it's a big deal. That's why this word stands out. The Savior, born for you as a Savior, 
That's why that word rises above the other words. Jesus is born. He lives a life without sin. He goes to the cross. He pays the penalty for sin. He's placed in the grave. He comes out of the grave. And in him we are saved. Let me tell you this. Praise God that's not going to be my end. That's the ending I earned. That's the ending I deserve. Praise God that's not going to be my end. And the verse ends by saying this. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him, no work, shall not perish, shall not be destroyed, but have eternal life. Here's, here's what the word have means in the original language. It means have. Faith in Jesus, have eternal life. It's a settled fact. It is a finished fact in Jesus Christ. Well, what, if, what if I get off track? What if I can't keep the standard? What if I mess this up? What, what if, what if my, my past comes out? Listen, by faith in Jesus Christ, you have eternal life. It is a settled fact in the work of Jesus Christ. Friends, that's what Christmas is. Man, I don't care. I don't, honestly don't care if we ever exchange presents again. I don't care if we go to parties with, with sweaters on and, and decorate stuff up. That stuff's cool. That's fine. Listen, it is about the truth that we have salvation in Jesus Christ and we're saved from the wrath of God in the work of Jesus Christ. That is what Christmas is about. That is why we celebrate. That is why we have a reason to get up and say, born for us this day is a Savior who is Christ the Lord. For God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. 1991, my, my papa passed away. He wanted to be buried at the farm. He wanted to be buried in a spot where he checked his cows. He would drive up on this hill and he could, he could look at his cows down there in the bottom. He picked a hill and, and he planted some trees there. We didn't know what he was doing. He carried some trees up there and he, he planted these trees and he would carry water and milk jugs and he would water those trees. Died, passed away in 1991 and the Crazy thing, all those cars and the hearses and the limousines drive down this dirty road, go up on this hill, and they bury an old farmer there on top of this hill. About a month later, we're going to put a headstone up, and, and Granny's going to pick the headstone. And remember Dad telling him, well, Mama, whatever you want, just go ahead and get the headstone. They bring out a headstone, and they set it. And up on this hill, overlooking his, his cows, where my pawpaw's buried, they put a headstone that says this, Castleberry, John 3.16. It's the only thing it says. It doesn't say anything else. It doesn't even have the verse. It just says John 3, 16. I can go up there now. My granny's buried there now. Some of my aunts are buried there now. Some of my cousins are buried there now. A couple of infants are buried there now. As of three years ago, my dad is buried there now. And there's this stone that says Castleberry, John 3, 16. And I can look at the grave of my granny, my beloved granny, my papa, and my dad. And I understand this. They, they were beloved by me. They were cherished by me. They were sinners. And they are saved from the wrath of a holy God because of Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord for Christmas. I'm going to ask if you'll stand. I'll lead us in a word of prayer. I want to say this. If you're here today and you've never put your faith in Christ, listen, settle it today. 
I'm going to believe some of you were brought here today and, and whatever reason somebody asked you or, or God led you here, but I believe he led some folks here today to settle this today. And you've come and thought, you know what, I'm too messed up. I'm too far gone. I, I got a bad reputation. Or maybe you're here and you're just numb to it all and you think, man, I've heard this mess over and over and over. But maybe you're here today and for the first time you say, no, it's not on me. It's settled in the person of Jesus Christ. If you're here and you've never put your faith in Jesus Christ, do not walk out of this room without saying, Jesus you are my Lord, and I am a sinner. I ask that you forgive me. And the best I know how, I'm going to follow you as Lord. And the Bible says this, it is a settled fact in that. If you've not done that, do that today. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, we come, and I'm thankful for the settled fact that we're saved by faith in Jesus Christ. I'm thankful for a Savior that came and he lived and he didn't sin where I've messed up so terribly that he takes my shame that was my shame, he takes my guilt my sorry guilt, and he carries it to a cross, and the perfect Lamb of God who doesn't sin takes my shame and my guilt, and he, and he takes it, and they stretch out his arms, and they strip him naked, and they nail him to the cross, and he bears my sin to the cross. That The Bible says that I would bear it no more. That The certificate of debt was, was paid and released at the cross. So I'm thankful for that. Lord, I come and I pray for folks in this room that don't have that settled. I don't know what they're fighting against, but I pray that today their hearts turn. They would understand it's not of themselves, not, not on their work. It never was. They messed it up already. They're going to keep messing it up. But it's settled in the person of Jesus Christ. I pray for some right now to just turn it over to Christ, to put their faith in Jesus Christ. Settle it today, Lord. Stir in their hearts. And then I pray for us in this room, grown men who see the cross Standing over the shadow of this little crib, I pray that we couldn't be the same. I pray that it would change our hearts. It would change our desires, Lord. I pray as we go into a new year, it would change how we treat our wives. It would change how we desire to lead in our home. It would change how we live and work and talk and respond. And the world might know from the confession of our mouth, on this day there was born a Savior who is Christ the Lord. Lord, we love you and we worship you. And I pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.